Welcome. We are the Projectile Lunchcast, a group of friends with a combined professional video games industry experience of over 20 years. More importantly, we have collectively been discussing video games for close to a century, including during most of our lunch breaks. People forced to witness these arguments kept telling us to just get a room and make a podcast. So that's what we did. We don't think they had any idea what they were bargaining for, yet here we are. And we couldn't be more excited to have you, dear listener, join us on this adventure. Welcome back to Projectile Lunchcast, episode 38. My name is Marcel. I'm still infinitely stuck in a bunker, but I'm happy to be stuck with these fine young gentlemen, Richard. Hi. And Busty. Hi, hi. Hi. And today we will once again talk about video games. Only this time, contrary to last week, we actually have a plan what we want to talk about. It's not Steam Wishlists. It is not Warzone, though there may be the odd detour into the Warzone. And maybe a few a few short sides on uh, the state of affairs in uh, Animal Crossing. So do you want to guess? Do you want to get that out of the way real quick? What's up? What has happened for you since last week with your Animal Crossing adventures? Uh, I got. What's what's the turnip stock market looking like? I got Rodney sitting at my campsite. Yeah, you've, Who's you've Rodney? like. You you seem to have some issues with Rodney. Well, tell the audience who Rodney is and why you think they should try to avoid hanging with Rodney. I think Rodney's a hamster. I don't know. Uh, Rodney looks Rodney looks like he's his he's got like a, a rich rich dad, and that's why he got into the frat that he got into at college. Like he's majoring in like sports medicine, but you know he's only gonna make it like two years in. And his liver is going to fail. God, I hate Rodney. I haven't talked to him yet, though, so maybe he's really nice. <laughs> so, all, <laughs> wait, so all your hatred, all your complaining all day long on, on, on Facebook Messenger about Rodney, you haven't spoken to the guy. I think it's more like the you've idea. Ju- you've just judged him on his on, on what he looks like I've and judged, his general threatness. I've judged Nintendo. I've judged because, oh, okay. like, because, like, everybody's like, all right, you got the campsite, so you don't have you can now pick whatever villager you want, you know. Like, if they come in there and you don't like the way they look, you're just like, all right, I'm going to leave. And then he'll be gone the next day. I don't want to worry about it. But your first your first villager, the first visitor to the campsite, you got to keep him. And this fucker won't leave. So, like, every Great. day I go into the tent and he's, like, staring right at me because there's nothing else in that tent. And then I just leave. So he's been he's been staying in your tent for several days, but you've never spoken to him. I don't. I thought he was gonna leave. I, how much clearer can I make it? I built a fence around the tent. But how is he supposed to leave if there's a fence around the tent? Well, there's like an opening, but the there. rest the rest is barbed wire. <laughs> Throw spiders in there. No, they're valuable. <laughs> okay, okay, Busty. Do you have any any unfortunate? Wow neighbors that you hate without having spoken to them or no to be honest i'm i'm, I'm super fine with my neighbor but i currently really d- despite and hate is this uh, freaking easter event oh my god there, I there's, hate a new, it. there's a new patch today that uh, there's now a less easter eggs dropping until april 12th Thank which is you. easter and then there's a lot more dropping on easter itself <sighs> i hate that event like everything you can build from that easter resources looks shitty and boring um but you have to I build it all no, I don't care about Easter. You have to. 
I don't you, care about Easter Have you seen Zipper? No. Dude, 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 dude. He didn't die for your sins, so Maybe, you can just sit at home being like, I don't want to crash this bunny. Yo, that bunny says that it's not a costume. But he's got a but he's got a fucking zipper on his back. He's right out, yeah. out he's right out of shiny tooth. Have you seen the comparisons? Like if you change the color scheme a little bit and get a little bit of, of blood spatter on it, it's, it's he, looks, he looks like some five nights at Freddy shit. Yeah. To be honest, horrible. A, lot of, a lot of things look like they're out of silence hill if you put some blood splatters on them, including Richard. I mean, I'd, I'd like to think I could pull it off without the blood splatters. Just you know, just put like a nurse outfit and yeah. some blood splatters on Richard. Uh, he I looks just, straight out of Silent Hill. Just a, just a nurse outfit and my standard mm -hmm. gigantic kitchen knife. Richard is a sexy Silent Hill nurse. Perfect. Thank you. So yeah, anyway, oh. that that's that's my hell. I'm stuck with with a uh, with a guy who looks like he's gonna slip a roofie into my drink on Animal Crossing. <laughs> Can I just like accept him and then kick him out? Like you can't get it. Have you heard about kicking people out? It's fucking ridiculous. How, how does it work? You have to like ignore them for like a long time, and then they're like, okay. "I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about leaving." So it's like, it's like anyway, you have to. It, it takes, doesn't even work in real life. It takes it takes multiple days. There's no uh, there's no way to just be like, "Hey, uh, Tom, Tom Nook." I mean, we've been through a lot together. What do you say? Here's some bells, and you just make this guy go away. Hmm. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's my that's my Animal Crossing status. I'll figure out what to do with Rodney. I, I mean, you can change your villagers' catchphrases, so I think I might set Rodney up with some shit. How can you do that? I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, you can do that. I'm going to change it to, like, Chug Bro, or, uh, or like... Let's throw a Sukegger Bro. Or Your Honor. <laughs> Wait, isn't that what I always have to say? That's what you always have to say when you play Fortnite. So I figure it's like the same look. And he'll just be like, "Do you want this shirt? I don't need it anymore, Your Honor." And it's like, "Oh no, where'd you get this shirt, Rodney?" Oh well, um, I guess that is. Uh, uh, we we will file this segment of today's episode under a PSA. Uh, okay. You know, for for the people out there, try to stay away from Rodney. Avoid, don't avoid Rodney. Don't drink any open drinks. Rodney was close to. Don't, don't, yeah. Do not inter Do not leave your friends alone with Rodney. Yeah, if Rodney's um, gonna tell you about like a trick to loosen up your hamstrings. Do not listen to him. Don't invite him to your birthday party. Do not invite Rodney to your birthday party. Yeah. Okay. Apart from that, uh, Richard and I made a, a few semi-successful drops into the war zone uh, mm -hmm. over the weekend. You know, yes. we have. I had fun, and by I, I mean we had fun. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that's the that's the important thing to Marcel when he's playing multiplayer is that he had fun. Wait, are you trying to tell me what? you didn't have fun? No, it was fine. It was fine. Warzone's Warzone's all right, I guess. I I I, I will see how long my fatigue of that genre lasts, but it's it's a good one of those. Uh, personally, I absolutely regret talking about this. Why? Um, because ever since I talked about this in the episode, like my KDA has been taking a massive drop. Like I, I've had a ton of shit games since no what, what, are you, what are you down to now you have to keep everyone appraised what, what's your kda now uh, i can't remember just say it i don't know come on i man. see how it is is it still positive anyways it's not positive it's not positive, it's not positive. oh positive. no moving on moving even on my kda topic. is positive and all of my kills come from the gulag i'm not sure that's true and i will check right after this episode you check so before we get to today's topic, which you know uh, is one that's very near and dear to my personal gaming heart, uh, we have to check a check mark off the check mark list. You know, the time honored tradition of games that came out on this day in history, April the 9th, um, which is when this episode is being live recorded, right? 
And for once, there is not a single game on here that I've really played much or enjoyed. Wow. Uh, 2003, a Rockstar game, Midnight Club 2. Anybody played it? No. Never played that one, no. That was from, what were we called initially? Angel Studios, then now it's Rockstar San Diego, so the people behind Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. But yeah, I've never played it. No, never got into... Um, the next one I have, I think, barely played, but I already hate it very much. Uh, Mario Kart for the Wii in 2008. Why do you keep calling it Mario Kart? I said Mario Kart. Nah. Uh, I might have to play this one back. Yeah. Mario Kart, Mario Kart, Mario Kart, 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 Kart. This getting ridiculous. Let's review Mario the evidence. Kart, Mario Kart for the Wii in 2008. You guys played it? You guys own it? Uh, I've played I've played some Mario Kart. I, I don't know. What did only racing games come out today? In history, no, there's right? one. There's one actually you enjoyed. All right, you tried to tell me to play. Um, no, Mario, Mario Kart's fine. I uh, no, it's all right. I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't go crazy about it. The blue. Aren't shells. you? Uh, weren't you in the past very close to spear tackling a, a co-worker of ours when you asked them if they had played Mario and they said, "Oh yeah," and you asked which one they said. Mario yeah, that's Kart. some fucking bullshit. All right, here's here's a here's a quick tip to my lovely viewing audience, listening audience. Same thing. To hear me is to see me. Um, if somebody is talking about Mario games and you say like, oh yeah, I love Mario Kart or Party or fucking Tennis, sh- sh- don't, sh- don't do that. Don't, that's not, that's not what they're talking about. That's never what they're talking about. No one is ever like, oh man, what's your favorite Mario game? And somebody's like Mario Kart. They're not talking to you and they wish they weren't talking to you in that moment. Just don't be that. You're better than this. I believe in all of you that you're better than this. I'm not sure they, they are better than this. They actually. are, they are better than this. You know what confuses me every time we have stuff like that. Um, I I feel like I'm like I'm reminded by having discussions with like uh, our youngsters in the office, like young coworkers who are like in their mid twenties. When you talk about like an older old classic game, or whatever, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I, I love this game," and then you realize that they talk about the uh, remake or the sixth installment of the of the of that game, etc. Mm-hmm. So that is kind of odd, Marcel. Well, I feel though, like a remake still counts. As what playing the original game? No, it does not. No, no. like a, a, a playing a remake a would remake? count as having played Mario. No, what? No, what? What? Of what? Wait, what remake are you talking about? If if what? if for example, if you say what is your favorite Mario game, and a year from now somebody's gonna say, hey, my favorite is the is the remaster slash remake of a Super Mario of, of Mario Sunshine on the Switch, then that is a Mario game. That's not a a side hustle like Mario well, Kart. Or something. I mean, that that kind of depends because like the remake that they already did of Mario sixty four is is pretty different from Mario sixty four. But it is a Mario game, is it not? Is is it a platformer? Is it a jump and run, as they say? I mean, yeah, yeah. Like I kind of get. So, okay, my case is not. It's ridiculous. No one, no one asked you that. That's not what you said. That's not what you said. Yes. At all. You, yeah, absolutely. I absolutely. All right. So I you're pos- you're saying that like, like if somebody says, "Hey, what's my favorite Mario game?" and they say, "My favorite Mario game is the Switch port of Mario Sunshine," which doesn't exist. Yet it's gonna. Yet, yeah. It's allegedly gonna be out this year. Then that would be okay. Yeah, but that doesn't. That doesn't mean that remakes are not inherently different. That was not the question. Anyways, but this is getting stupid. I'm just just like playing Sea of Thieves with you. I'm so all of this out. I will move on to, to the next bit. And uh, yeah, the last one game that came out on this day in history, April the 9th, is one that you quite enjoyed, Richard, if I'm not mistaken and mm-hmm. misremember, and that is Guacamelee, which came out in 2013. Nice. Yeah. I, 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 I've never been into Guacamelee. 
Seriously? Really? Yeah. It's a really, really good game. Who the fuck I'm was sure. it who told me to play Guacamole? It sounds it like you. it's Basti. It's a really, really good game. I strongly recommend it. Sure. I, I have nothing against Guacamole. I just never got around to, to, to playing it. It's really good to Metroidvania. Wait, didn't you, didn't you tell me that you ran around like Mexican cities wearing a, uh, a Lucha Libre mask beating people up? I mean, yeah. But I wasn't talking about a video game. Fair enough. That that clarifies that bit. Then okay, my bad. I thought I I could have sworn you told me you enjoyed this game. No. I, I guess it must have been one of my other more handsome friends then. Must have been. That's that's good. That's that's nice. You know, one of the good things about this podcast is everybody gets to see how how well we know each other. Uh, dude, I know everything about you. Just remember, including your 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 temporary addiction to guacamole that you're just trying to like your cover I, up. I, right I'm serious. I never I never played it. I mean, I've seen it. Like I've. I'll check your Steam library. I, I don't think. And your Xbox Steam achievements. Library. Go ahead. There's nothing. Anyway, yeah, I don't think there's any Guacamole in there. So okay, so so on today's on today's three games that came wow, out, there's really one none of us have that. played. There is a second one that none of us really like, and there's a third one that Busty highly recommends. I have never played, and you've never played, so that's probably our worst average so far regarding you know, sorry game releases. I feel like you've really fumbled this whole thing. Yeah. I mean, Anyways, you had a chance for an exciting start in that episode, and just kind of yeah, I feel like all the steam has been taken out of my sails, much like playing Sea of Thieves with you. Did you say sails or sales? Sails? Because when I when I hear steam, I naturally I think of different sails than than ship all sails. the steam out of my steam sails. Also, Sea of Thieves is coming to Steam very soon. What are we talking about, Marcel? Yeah, today, um, because all of this was was tragic, and dear listener, if you're still with us, I apologize. Um, I don't know how. I, I, look, I really we can talk know. about. You, you could just go to. There's no pressure now. Everybody's left. That's nice. So yeah, today I wanted to talk about a topic that is quite near and dear to my heart, and yeah. that is the uh, the rise and fall and ongoing slumber of the RTS, the real time strategy genre, um, which is when I first started playing video games. I got my first PC um, uh, for Christmas, 1997. Mm-hmm. And initially, with the exception of Jedi Knight and then later Half-Life and Counter-Strike, for the first couple of years of, of being a gamer, of owning a PC, I played almost exclusively real-time strategy games. That, that was absolutely my gem. Um, yeah. I, I played most of the... I, I played all of the notable entries and many of the less notable and less, less great entries. And, you know, so that is... That is um, uh, a, a genre that I absolutely loved when I started playing. I have myself, like, you know, fallen out with it, as it seems as most of the gaming community has. So I thought maybe today, you know, well, let's take a look at the history of the genre, um, especially at, as I said, like at its downfall. And, you know, let's let's wildly speculate or give unsolicited advice uh, to what people could do to make the genre shine again. Yeah, interesting. How does that sound? As someone who has not played a ton of RTS games, it sounds pretty interesting. Seriously? Yeah, no, no. Uh, you're I mean, mainly a PC gamer, right? Because no. Of- Remember, he's a console kid. Yeah, exactly. I, I, oh, I grew, I grew yeah, up with consoles. Right. I had to I had to switch to, to PC because region locking. I've told that story before. No, it's great, dude. We're, right. we're, we're, we, we don't think any less of you yeah. just because you were a console kid. Um, could you sit over there in that tent with the fence around it, maybe? Yeah, I'll be sitting next to you when you say that your favorite Mario game is Mario Party 6. Oh no, I fucking hate Mario Party with a passion. Yeah. Fuck those games. They still make I mean, that era, that era Marcel mentioned, like late 90s, you had also the feeling, because you said you, you played mostly RTS games, you had also the feeling by the time that 50% of all game releases on PC were RTS games. Like, there was so yeah, absolutely, many yes. RTS, RTS was at the time, for like, you know, what, what would be the equivalent today? 
I would say either a, a early access survival game on Steam <laughs> or a battle royale. Yeah. Or or a rogue like everybody everybody. So so shall we like uh, jump briefly like a little bit of a history lesson for yeah, y'all? Bring me up to speed. And now we can so um you know, as as happens sometimes when, when things become big and blow up, um there's a lot of arguing about, you know, what was the first. Um, real-time strategy game, there's there's different contenders, but one that is frequently cited by a lot of people is actually a, a not a PC game, it's a Sega Genesis game from, from the late 80s. Um, June 2. That is uh, Herzog 2. What is Herzog 2? Sega and Technosoft. Uh, no, it's called Herzog 2. That is the official, like the English name, I think probably also in Japan, which is funny for our uh, non-German audiences. Herzog is the German word for Duke, like, you know, not... Not like the terrible video game from Gearbox, thanks Randy, but like uh, like Duke, you know, like like the noble uh, nobility. So uh, this game is called the Duke Two, uh, completely unrelated to the Duke of Nukem. And this one was a yeah a, a Sega Genesis game. Um, many people say it was the first real-time strategy. Not not really like the the formula that we think of these days with real-time strategy, but because you just controlled a single unit. So actually, in that way, it was kind of like a mobile almost. You flew around as a single jet that could also, because Japan uh, transformed into a robot to kick some ass on the ground, running around shooting people, and then you would go up to factories, you know, to um, to produce units and stuff. But um, it, oh, it has yeah, been cited. Right. It has been cited by many developers, for example, people working on Dune 2, on Warcraft, on Command and Conquer as a inspiration for their own games. Okay. But um, so yeah, that is the you know that is the the connoisseurs. If you want to be like the oh well, actually the first real time strategy game. Whatever happened that is, uh, that is to what the first mentioned. one though? Which one? The first Hatsuk? Yeah. I don't know if there was one, but it's the same fucking story now with Dune 2 because the, the one that is most commonly cited by you know your run-of-the-mill, less connoisseur less elitist people, including myself. Uh, the real, fir- the first proper real-time strategy game, especially in like the, the formula that has then remained unchanged for a very long time, uh, was Dune 2. In the US, Dune 2, the building of a dynasty. In Europe, Dune 2, Battle for Arrakis, which came out in December 1992. It was by Westwood Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really the first game to have this the, the, the classic gameplay of, I'm building a base, I'm harvesting resources in this case you would send out you know your uh, your your harvesters out into the the dunes into the, the desert the dunes to try dunes. to harvest uh, spice because as we all know the spice must flow mm-hmm. and i'm really hoping that you use somewhere when you edit this like this this voice line somewhere in between um spice 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 that sucks. I have, I have, I have some like some notes for the editor. Um, so yeah, and then you would build units, you know, like uh, your infantry, your tanks, and stuff, and and rush the enemy. And what was interesting about this one, because you know it was based on Dune, obviously, um, there were sandworms prowling the desert. So um, if you were, if you had like a lot of like you know tanks and shit out there, um, there was loud, uh, loud units. Occasionally, sandworm would pop up and just swallow something. Sandworms are aggressive. Well, I guess you know, I mean think like, think of it this way, right? Like if if you just you want to chill out there in the desert yeah. with your sandworm buddies, yeah. and like the fucking upstairs neighbors are constantly you know, trampling around, rolling like with tanks on your ceiling, at a certain point probably you're gonna snap and be like, I'm gonna swallow something. I mean, I get I get where you're coming from, but I'm like I'm talking about like the Dune lore, right? Spice is sandworm poop. Yeah, that's true. 
I'm asking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, are the sandworms? Yeah. I mean, like most poop. Um, but like, are the sandworms aggressive? Are they like Beetlejuice style? Are they coming for motherfuckers? Or like no, they're they're totally coming from other they're, they're, Yeah, they're, they're around in the desert, and if you if you if you're close to them, they will then actively come towards and be like nom nom nom. Okay, okay. Like a, like you know the movie Tremors, just in fucking huge. Sure. With Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I didn't know if they were just out there chilling, and like people are also, like, I need your I need your psychic poop. Try to manage your stupid armor, uh, uh, your stupid tanks and army when a sandworm is coming in a game which has no drag uh, and drop. Where you have to click every single unit. It's got no contextual button, say move. No, no, yeah, exactly. These were super rudimentary controls back then. Sure. Um, But it also, it already had three, I think, three different factions, right? It had uh, House Harkonnen, Mm -hmm. uh, House Atreides, and uh, House Ordos, I believe. Which was a made up house uh, just for the game. Yeah. And this is the one, this is the one with David Bowie in it, right? No, David Bowie. Yes, very good, Richard. That was a nice throwback to the previous callback. episode. And I can't remember oh, thank the number. You. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. But yeah, so essentially this is, you know, like for most people, they say this is the first real-time strategy game because really it, it put down, like, uh, as, as Basti said, like a lot of the stuff, like the controls UI was very rudimentary and very primitive by today's standards, but like the core gameplay loop was established and like, you Yo. know, formalized by this 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 game put down the formula. I, I got to be I gotta be pretty honest before you move on real quick. Like, like yeah. I'm already I'm already really interested. That, that, that to me is really interesting, uh, not knowing a ton about rts games that like like the first proper rts that a lot of people cite is a movie tie-in or was it yeah it was a movie tie-in game right like movie tie-in not a tie-in in the sense like it, it, well, it, it had, it had the it had the film characters in it right like like when you look at the dude it was like this guy looks like kyle mclaughlin right like it wasn't like mm, it wasn't no. like its own am i think no, what, what, what was, i'm was... thinking of a different game then you're thinking no, of there Dune. Was that, that's the thing, that, that was the thing that Basti talked about. Yeah, they, so this we had is a also whole funny. This game, is, about it. this game is called Dune 2. It has absolutely nothing to do gameplay-wise or developer or publisher with Dune 1 except, you know, for being based on the same fictional universe. I get it. Okay, but yeah. yeah. All right, this so one has nothing to do char- with Characters look so. different, even like how the, the, the different like units and army no, units... No digital sting. Different. No digital sting, no. All right. So, but but either way, like like the the first RTS game being like a a IP tie-in game is is pretty interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Like that's kind of. I'm sorry. That that just kind of blew my mind a little bit. Yeah, and in many ways you can say like this one is uh, kind of like the analog to to Wolfenstein, okay. as in it did the thing first. Yeah. But like the follow-up game was the one that really blew up the doors. Like, yeah. like Doom. Um, we're gonna get to that in a second. Um, because even before, like you know, before like the really the big the big daddy um came out, there was already a a copycat, an imitator. Um, uh, two years later, from an up and coming company that is these days known uh, as Blizzard. It's called Sand. And that game was in in late 1994. It was Warcraft: Orcs and Humans. Mm. Um, it was yeah, you know, kind of like the same formula. But already a little bit different spin, uh, more emphasis on different resources, and already you know like the typical Blizzard thing, like having a heavy emphasis on, on characters and world building. In fact, like um, the story of uh, Orcs and Humans, like that first RTS game, later served as the basis for the Warcraft movie. I and kinda... obviously, you know, this was the beginning of the uh, quite successful and long-living uh, Warcraft franchise. Yeah, some people, some people have heard of it, right? Also, no dragon drop. I kind of I kind of like how how um, early games do the same thing that like 
German movies do, like where the 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 colon the what comes after the colon in the title explains what the game is for people that 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 don't know. You get what I'm saying? That's true. Yeah, we yeah, got Battle for Arrakis. We got Orcs and Humans. That's true. Yeah, yeah. It's that. like it's like if you translate like what 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 a lot of German movies do is like they have the the English name and then they have like a little bit after a colon that just briefly sums it up in German. It's like, uh, I'll, I mean, Die Hard's not Die Hard here, but it's like Die Hard and then colon one cop is alone against terrorists. Like so. In the you, yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it does that. It's like it's like. Two buddies travel across the, the country. Like, they always do that, like, in that little side subtitle thing. Yeah, it's neat when games did that. Yeah. And then, uh, a year later, a year after Warcraft um, came, you know, the what, the Doom analog of, of RTS games. It's mm-hmm. the first Command & Conquer, September 1995 by Westwood. So the same developers as Dune hey, 2. Yeah. But now their own uh, fictional universe, uh, like yeah. a futuristic, uh, where like you have you kind of like you know the good guys, the Juno or NATO, uh, as the GDI called, was it called Global Defense Initiative, mm-hmm. and on the other side you had uh, the Brotherhood of Not, which was more like uh, you know Saudi Arabia and then Africa, more like third world countries as a. Some say terrorist, some say you know, like it's a religious cult, whatever, uh, mm. as the counterpoint. I like but, how uh, you're it, doing like a, a mm. diligent, like, uh, like uh, how do you say that? Like you're very, uh, very reasoned in defense with the Brotherhood and Nod there. Like some people call them terrorists. They don't have shoes and manufacture poison gas, but I'm not going no, to speculate. Was not, that was not that, no, that was Command and Conquer Generals. <laughs> That's true. Also... English cover of Command and Conquer had no subtitle or subline. German one had Der Tiberium Konflikt. See, it did it. Yeah, that means the Tiberium. Yeah, like, but, but Germany has a especially wacky history when it comes to naming Command and Conquer games. That's a different topic. We're gonna get maybe it's a later. That'd be cool to hear about. So yeah, but like you know, this one again, like it, it was the equivalent of of Doom. You know, this is the if if not the first, obviously, then is really like the thing that. If people think about like, hey, what what blew blew the doors off this genre yeah. for the what, RTS what was genre? the popular? Yeah. And there were like a couple of factors for this. Obviously, you know, up until then there were a ton of turn-based strategy games derived from board games. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, like a ton of like super granular, in-depth turn-based war games and shit. Um, this one had a much easier, much more approachable gameplay. Um, obviously, it was much faster to play because it was real time. It had um, much easier controls. It had drag control. Uh, it's a good <laughs> multiplayer. Um, two factors that maybe cannot be overstated for like this, this popularity of Command and Conquer is the kick-ass music, yeah, uh, by Frank Lepaki. Mm-hmm. And holy shit, the music was good. The the hammy cheesy uh, cutscenes because it had live action cutscenes. Yeah, uh, initially with no names because you know, it was a new thing. Later on, they would have a lot of uh, actors in there. Did anybody um, carry over like Lando Calrissian? Yeah, yeah, you can say Billy D. You can Billy D. Williams, you can Tim Billy Curry, D. Yeah. People, yeah. yeah, Tim Curry was great. I mean, a lot of a lot Fantastic. of yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of weirdness came out of that. But is there is there anybody like so? The only guy that I know that I think everybody knows is uh, is is uh, you know what's his name Zod Steve. Uh, what Kane? Yeah, so he he is in. Cannot kill the Messiah. Yes, thank you. Um, he is in all of those, right? He is an all the Tiberian. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not he's not showing up in Tim. Yeah. There's three different Command Conquer universes, but like in the, in the initial one, yeah, like the Tiberian conflict or like Command Conquer. Are, are there other yes, characters that, is, that come through leader. like that? 
Are there other other characters? No. Yeah, so it's pretty much no, like, like there's new the, GD. Uh, for, for, in, in Red Alert, there is maybe or like you know there, there was there was one character that was quite popular, Tanya. Yeah, uh, she was like a commando character, but like yeah, for for the Tiberian games, he is the only constant across all of them, and he really you know like is the the crucial part of the setting. So that's why I said like for example, if you compare it to Warcraft, right? Um, for for Command Conquer, like they put a lot of like uh, focus or effort on the story of the game, but not so much on the wor- on the bigger world building. You know, whereas in Warcraft, it's like hey, this is like a part of the story of of Azeroth, but there's like all these other factions and characters and countries and nations, whatever, that you don't maybe see in this game right now. Mm-hmm. And with Command Conquer, it's always like, we have a lot of focus on the on the story of this one game and the characters of this one, and then for the next game, the only thing that carries over really is is Kane as a character and everybody else is a new character. Like for the GDI, there was never the the equivalent of a character that, you know, like lives through all of the games. Right, there's not like a and, good and guy in that, Kane, right? I mean, like living is like very... You know, in relative terms. Yeah, but you don't see Kane die, right? You see, like, his base get blown up. And he's like, I better uh, get out of here. Yeah, yeah. It was always one of those things where, like, uh, in, in, in real life, yeah, he would have died several times. Or it was like that superhero thing. It was like, well, we yeah. didn't see Kane die. Then, of course, the next game he's back. Didn't see his body. And but probably also him. because, like, he was just too good of a character to let die. Uh, he's he's being played, a funny fact, like, he's being played by a guy called Joe Kuken. Mm-hmm. And he is the, the director of all the cutscenes. Yeah. So like he he was the director of all the cutscenes of the CNC games always, but also he plays Kane. Well, he he knows that that that, that's that's really cool because he knows what he's doing. Like he's he hit that level of camp that is actually really I think underappreciated and and really hard to pull off. Like uh like without without crossing lines into being just you know uh too stupid or poking fun at something that you're not like that looks bad. Like I, I think I think I think they deserve a little more credit for. The performances that they got out of people, also because like dude's a dude's a video game cutscene director, right? And like all of a sudden it's like, all right, I got to direct Tim Curry, who you know has, yeah, yeah. has done has done movie ass movies, you know, once um, or twice. Yeah, once or twice. Fa- fantastic actor, but uh, but yeah, that, so that, I I think uh, I think you're I'm I'm with you. He probably deserves a lot more credit than he gets. So yeah, then you know, moving on to history. What's who, that? Joe Kukin? I don't know. Just look up on IMDb, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, he worked at that studio, right? Because he was like the first kind of no name. Is like, oh man, we can't even get a dude to be the bad guy. I better be the bad guy. You know what I mean? That's that's almost what it sounds like. I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm no clue. No clue what he does these days. Command and Conquer Five. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So yeah, but that, you know, then then following up the next year again, it was once again Blizzard in 1996. Uh, no, sorry, actually 1995. It's later the same year, actually. Um, with Warcraft 2, Tides of Darkness. So again, Richard, there is something, but it's not as descriptive. You know, like Orcs and Humans, you get a clear idea. Tides of Darkness, not sure what it's actually about, right? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just like, it's neat to see, like, games often get compared to movies, and movies had to do the same thing for a while, because you have a audience that's not informed of the product that they're purchasing, so you throw in a little byline to be like, hey, this one's got orcs and humans, so you know it's going to be some fantasy, whatever. The the art will do the rest. And, you know, now you can sure. just release stuff with a, with a single name and a white background and all that stuff. You don't have to do that anymore. So this, that was just, this just neat to me. So yeah, then next year, 1996, uh, Command Conquer Red Alert came out. And I think at that point, it was really quite obvious, you know, there's there's two heavy hitters, the two, you know, 800-pound gorillas in this blooming genre on the PC, and that's being Blizzard with Warcraft and, of course, um, Westwood with uh, with Command and Conquer. Um, now this one, a Red Alert, that was the, like the second Command and Conquer game, but it already established a different lore and universe. So this one is in a 
um, alternate World War II, where somebody travels back in time and kills Adolf Hitler in the right before, the right after World War One. And um, so the war is instead fought between the Allies and the Soviets. And uh, in Germany, because like, so so from the start, uh, real-time strategy was huge in Europe and especially huge in Germany and France. Like we absolutely went nuts for those games. That and Gotham. And so in Germany, they were like, hey, um, this game is popular. Let's just call it Command and Conquer 2, even though it was not called that in the US. It was a completely different universe. And then that led to a lot of problems later later on when the rest of the world got Command and Conquer 2. And in Germany, they were like, I guess it's Command and Conquer 3 now. Yes, yeah, yeah. And then when Command and Conquer 3 it was out everywhere else, they were like, well, fuck sis. Yeah, we just have a second Command and Conquer 3 now. <laughs> so that got a bit weird and confusing. Yeah. But yeah, so like, you know, so again, it was it was a huge genre. And due to the popularity of these, that was like more or less like 96, 97, especially where you saw a ton of copycat games come out. You know, like the lesser, the beats here, maybe not bad games by any means, many of them, but, you know, it was just not as popular but really uh, at the time on the pc there was the genre du jour like everybody wanted like their, their piece of the rts cake mm-hmm. of course this also still being a time when you know you could fairly quickly put out a new video game um with like you know small teams and stuff so people put out a lot of shit like warwind z dark colony kk and d which stands for crush kill and destroy Got to do all so three so that's that's pretty amazing. much nice. notice notice how it doesn't say crush kill or destroy no, no, it's N. It's O. Yeah. It's oh, sorry. It's it's end. You know, you got to yeah. do all of these you things crush, in you order kill and destroy. But, okay. it's, it's, but it's not alphabetically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Destroy there were two last. Dark Rain games, right? There were two Dark Rain games. Yes. It's a series I actually love, but no, nobody's talking about that uh, anymore nowadays. Well, nobody. I the mean, first I, one came out in 1997. Um. Hmm. So, which one did you guys? What was your your favorite? Was Command and Conquer then? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, we, we we didn't get to my personal favorite uh, when I started playing games first yet, but I, I absolutely okay. love, I absolutely love Command Conquer. I love Warcraft. Um, out of the out of the clones, the B tier ones I just mentioned, I just have to especially call out Dark Colony. I only ever played the demo because you know, this was a time when you your monthly video game video game magazine had had demos. And the fantastic thing about Dark Colony was, you know, this was a sci-fi RTS game. So it was fairly close to Command & Conquer, actually. It was nothing special about it. You had your mechs, your tanks, but everything in that game bled. So, like, you shoot at a mech, it bleeds. Yeah. You shoot at a factory, it yeah. bleeds. Uh, for story reasons or for... Tank? You know, uh, the fuck do I know? Yeah. Just, every, just everything bled. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, true. okay, the only thing I remember about this game to this day, it had mechs, and they bled. Just like the buildings did, so... The developer that was that is... Game Tech. I, I couldn't even uh, honestly remember who did it. Yeah, uh, but they're like 1997 was a... Strategic Simulations and Rockstar Toronto. 1997 was an important game. And like afterwards, I'm going to stop, you know, going year by year because like this feels like this was like the last one where like a lot of important stuff happened for the genre. Hold on a second. Um, you said you forgot your first PC in 97. I got my first PC in late 97. Yes. And the last, so, and the last, like this was the last important year for the genre. No, the, the last one for like the initial early phase of the show. I get you. Okay, okay. I was like... Because in 1997, another notable game came out that it feels like it was huge in the US, but not nearly as much in Europe. Mm-hmm. Basti, correct me if I'm wrong. Total Annihilation. Yeah. Like that was not nearly as big over here like Command & Conquer, for example. Right. But it was huge in the US. Like it got a lot of great reviews in the US. A lot of, you know, reviews saying, hey, this is the best RTS out of all of them. It was that revolutionary because... Places, yeah. Uh, the, it yeah. was a 2D game, but like it, it had height values. 
Like, so, like, you know, despite being on 2D map, it already had, like, th 3D gameplay where, like, if you're on a hill or something you know, and there's there's an edge, maybe, like, projectiles being shot at you from down and valley won't hit you and stuff like that. So it worked with a real, um, real projectile, you know, flight paths and, and line of sight. So that was, like, fairly revolutionary. That's kind of cool. Um, I think what really maybe held it back in Europe compared to some, like, CNC or the Blizzard games was that the the setting and everything was just super generic it was just like hey here are just like and they had a ton of units like we have you know a hundred different units but they all are almost exactly identical looking blocky tanks and stuff so you know th there wasn't much world building or anything but like the tech was revolutionary for the time yeah, yeah like the unit customization was there was there like crazy unit uh, customization already in total annihilation one or was it in uh, the next one? no I th no i think there was in the fantasy one i'm not sure because there was like that that series went into places where like you yeah, were yeah. able to customize your units build on units based on like okay I put this turret and this chains and this body and together and stuff like that then another like very notable game in 1997 it was not strategy as it didn't follow exactly the formula mm -hmm. it was a real time tactics game so you just you know you you took your 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 allotment of units into a mission hopefully you were successful but it was really placed praised for his physics because it was like fully 3D and there was like real time physics like stuff like you throw a grenade against the hill it'll it'll you know uh, roll down the hill and maybe kill units at the bottom of it and it was praised for his multiplayer and uh, the funny thing of course being praised for physics praised for multiplayer the game was called Myth by and by then pretty unknown developer on the PC side called Bungie they have yeah. been huge on Mac mm -hmm. Uh, the first efforts on a PC, and of course, you know, advanced time forward. Bungie now being uh, super famous with with Halo for physics and multiplayer stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see that. And also, Myth. Um, when I first like started working on Halo, actually, Halo was a sci-fi version of Myth. So like a real-time strategy game where you like order little Spartans around, and then they changed it when they had a, 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 the the war talk and were like, wouldn't it be cool to drive this war talk around yourself? And that is how Halo actually took off. That's how it happened. And the last thing that happened in 1997 is that uh, like the the what what to me and I think to many fans of the genre the, the holy trifecta was completed because um, Westwood and Blizzard were joined by Ensemble Studios because the first Age of Empires game was released, and really at that point um, you had like the, the the big three of the genre you had the different flavors all fully represented that most uh, most RTS games fall into either sci-fi like Command and Conquer. It's fantasy like uh, Warcraft, or it's something historically inspired like like Age of Empires. Yeah. So like those those and... are those are two of the three of the ones that uh, that I that I heard about growing up, like that everybody yeah, was freaking out. Yeah, they're, they're also like absolutely like the, my favorite genres. Like the the first, I think the first full price PC game uh, that I ever bought for myself was Age of Empires because when yeah. I first got a PC, a friend came over with this disc and I played it a little bit. And I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. I remember people freaking I out about Age of Empires. Fondly remember to this day that my brother, who was not very old at this, how old was my brother at this time? Eight or something. Uh, he when he ever played the Babylonians, he talked about Hammurabi. What did he call um, it? Hammurabi, which you know, like Hammurabi was the was the name of the of the king or the emperor, but uh, he didn't quite get that. But he still absolutely loved the game. Didn't get because Hammurabi. Because he was a German, didn't, and really Germans. Yeah. So, sorry, go ahead. I said didn't get Hammurabi should absolutely not allow to be played Illidan. <laughs> yes, that's nice, nice summary of my brother. Yes, yeah. and absolutely Germans absolutely love Age of Empires to the point where um, several Age of Empires games later would be announced for the first time in Germany, uh, or like big events were held for for the Age of Empires franchise in Germany, um, including the announcement of Age of Empires four three years ago. I was there at at uh, Gamescom, so yeah, that was like you know really the 
the market for those games. Like we love all real-time strategy games, but we especially love Age of Empires over here in Germany. I wonder if there's still some land sessions going on which started in 1998 or something and people are still playing because holy shit after like playing multiplayer games before Age of Empires it still usually took like a half an hour today or or it you mean it's the same ever. land party no it's probably both yeah because what Age of Empires did to multiplayer land parties was that sometimes you spend hours a whole day or even two days on the fucking freaking Age of Empires multiplayer map where just everyone was just uh, creating uh, cannon, cannon towers and it took forever. That's, Horrible. That sounds yeah. So so the the three the three that I caught growing up was was one of the Warcrafts probably two, um, Age of Empires two, and then one that you haven't gotten to yet, but I'm sure you could guess it. Well, there was a game that came out in 1998. Yeah. And that was Starcraft, yeah, and that was really the the, one. the the next major thing because it kicked off, you know, like really the esports phenomenon. Like in South Korea to this day, there are major Starcraft esports events that are being broadcast, you know, on on regular uh, linear TV. Um, they still fill out, you know, sports venues. So for whatever reason, and I'm sure there's a lot of reasons. Um. Yeah, StarCraft in, in South Korea became like an absolute, absolute cultural phenomenon to a degree that I think very games have ever managed anywhere. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that was, you know, like, that was like really the early bits of the real-time strategy genre. And the reason that I'm stopping, you know, going year by year now is already maybe like, you know, the first foreshadowing of the downfall of the genre. Because truth is that a, there was not that much gameplay innovation really anymore. Like um, a lot of sequels, a lot of games went like, you know, for always bigger is better. So like we have more units or more unit caps, like I think um, for for Age of Empires 1, like initially it was like, hey, you could have like a population of 90 or something. And then for Age of Empires 2, you can have a population of 200 now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bigger maps, more missions, a lot of that. But and, and the other thing was like the, the controls got more and more refined, more comfortable to play. But there was very little innovation actually um the, the the biggest innovation was on the tech side that in the late 90s and early 2000s we saw the first full 3d uh, games like homeworld for example or ground control from a developer named massive who these days may be much better known probably for doing a tom clancy's the division and uh, then by 2002 like all of the big three that i mentioned had had gone fully 3d so you had Warcraft 3, you had Age of Mythology from Ensemble, and you had Emperor Battle for Dune, because Westwood, the Command Conquer guys, went back to their license once more in 2000. And they for... didn't even lead with the name Dune. Yeah, no, this was a tie-in to that sci-fi miniseries, like three episodes of oh, miniseries that they yeah. did. It wasn't yeah, an actual yeah. tie-in? Interesting, I wasn't aware of that. I can't remember if it was an act. Well, it was an actual tie-in in the sense of, like, it came out the exact same month. Yeah. Um... You know, as the first Dune thing to happen to that franchise, apart from books in in uh, eight years since the previous Dune game. So, um, and then you know, as I said, uh, th- th- probably the biggest attempts at innovation back then uh, were in 2002, like with Warcraft 3, because uh, they tried to do some different things. You had your heroes, you had a lot of RPG elements. You know, you went around the map killing creeps, you find items, you level up your heroes. And ironically, um, what many people think is that maybe Warcraft 3 actually paved the way for the for the downfall of the RTS absolutely. genre because it, it, it had it, a lot yeah. of mods. It absolutely did. It wasn't even it wasn't even the mods. Well, I, I was gonna say like there was a little known mod uh, at the t- initially little known and then it blew little up uh, called Defense of the Ancients. Defense of the Ancients. And, you know, later on, uh, a, a decade later, uh, MOBAs were the dominant PC genre. Right. 
um, the biggest esports genre and like that, like taking that away from games like StarCraft as well. So StarCraft is still popular in South Korea, but so, everywhere else yeah. it's it's long been overtaken by MOBAs like League of Legends or Dota 2. Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't think the, yeah, the, the mod the mod kind of gets it there, but really they, they set the ball in motion with hero units, I think, or their, their super reliance on hero units. Which which have kind of appeared a little bit more, but I mean, Warcraft three had a, a lot of that, right? There was a pretty big focus on yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, really, like from the from the mid two thousands onwards, um, like like the, the twilight phase of the RTS genre began. Um, there were very few high profile releases anymore. Um, and audiences drifted more and more away to other genres. So, for example, that was also when World of Warcraft took off as a, another cultural phenomenon that, like, millions of people played later on. You know, billions of PC players that previously probably played stuff like the Warcraft strategy games. And more and more people played shooters. Of course, uh, consoles became bigger in the West as well. And uh, there was also a phase when a lot of, like, sequels um, either were underwhelming or outright flops. And uh, yeah, you know, all of the major, a lot of the major franchises um, have been lying dormant for many, many years in terms of new releases. So, like the last all new, all new Warcraft game came out in two thousand three. It was an expansion, uh, Command and Conquer. Nothing new has happened. Actually, been released since twenty ten. Um, there was briefly a, a uh, attempt to bring it back uh, by, via Bioware in uh, Generals two that Busty and I uh, briefly crossed paths with in our, mm-hmm. in our previous job. There was the last Age of Empires game, which came out in 2005, all new game, and then StarCraft uh, Legacy of the World in 2015 as the most recent, you know, like really, really big name RTS game. Mm-hmm. And so what it looks like these days for the genre is um, there are no more big, big budget releases. There right. are um, some games that have real-time elements, most notably Total War. I think that is by far the biggest name in, mm-hmm. in terms of like strategy PC games that still have real-time combat in addition to many, many other things. Sure, but even then, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I, yeah, I was like that for for some reason that didn't feel like RTS combat for me, but it's really just the perspective, isn't it? It's just the yeah. camera. Yeah. And then um, and so everything else these days it's just remasters or remakes. So StarCraft got a, a remaster, Warcraft Three got a reforging that we discussed at length earlier this what year. What about uh, what about the um when when did, I, I is that less recent than I think the uh the Warhammer one. So there was 2004. No, 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 no. The the, the, the what's it? Called? Legion at War. Uh, what is the uh, Warhammer? 40k RTS? or fantasy? 40k. Dawn, Dawn of War. War. Dawn of War. Yeah. When was the, they released a newish one of those? Right. So yeah. And that so, was a ginormous flop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was more MOBA than. I Which think I, I still like the, disagree the, with. Mid two thousands is uh, like, a, but but I think that's a very important important point, and it always won. Like it was always odd for me that with Dawn of War, which was the first game, that was I think one or two years before Company of Heroes, right? Am I right or wrong? Yeah, Company. That Heroes was before too. Company of Heroes, right? Yeah. But anyway, yeah, like I two games so. which changed the the classic very stale RTS formula. But because I agree, Marcel, like the RTS. Um, genre was probably worse than every other genre, like never really changed in a, in a, in a big... But that's the problem, man. I think like a lot of these old genres get, get held hostage by a nostalgic fan base that out and out decries everything that is that is potentially... That, that, is, that is really the problem, yeah. So like, as I said, like these days, it's, it's almost remasters or remakes almost exclusively. Yeah. Many of the big classic developers are gone. 
Yeah. Like Westwood has been shut down, Ensemble has been shut down. Yeah. They make other stuff. Uh, you know, Bungie hasn't made a real-time strategy game in, in, in over 20 years. Yeah. Massive is making The Division now. Uh, Blizzard is doing a lot of other stuff. And right now, really, it, it feels like, and that, that seems like a, a rare occasion to, to be for like a genre that used to be so popular, but like right now it seems like the entire hopes and dreams of the of that genre rest <laughs> on the shoulders of Age of Empires 4. Right. Because that is the only major, like really, really big name thing that has a new game on the horizon. You know, sure, like, but at, do, you, at all. do you think Age of Empires 4 is going to come out so hard it's going to reignite a genre? Mm. Uh, no. I mean, because like the, the last, I think... I don't know why it keeps popping up. Probably because I was giving away all my Steam keys or trying to give away all my my extra bundle Steam keys, and I came across a key for uh, Grey Goo, and yeah. that is probably the last like classic style RTS I remember getting a little bit of of uh, traction. You know, it had it had its they, yeah. they had like I think it was blurry to their cinematics and there was good, a lot good of good cool score, a lot yeah. of like fanfare, yeah, and and some uh, former developers of Command Conquer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and then from there, but I mean, like to me, to me, I, I gotta, yeah, I gotta reiterate. I, I, uh, I don't know if this is a hot take among, among the gaming community, but like genres and games can absolutely be held hostage by a vocal minority fan base. Uh, definitely yes, and like uh, yeah, as 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 you said, you you put it that way, Busty put it a slightly different way, but yes, like um, I think even like the most hardcore fans will will have to admit that like RTS like really didn't evolve much at all. Yeah. But, um, but the question is, is that because the developer... can they can they? yeah that's yeah of can course. they are they allowed to? Well, that is also a very good question. For example, we just mentioned the example of Dawn of War three, mm-hmm. um, because Dawn of War like the first one was, um. Well, it was not a classic RTS, really. It was a major game changer, yeah. But it was it was it was more tactic, like it was much more aggressive in the way like resources worked. It was like capture points on right. the map, like kind of like command and conquer to gather resources. Like it pushed you constantly to fight yeah. because you know in the, in the grim darkness of the future there is only war. Uh-huh. But um, uh, and then the second one went a very different route. Like the the, the single player campaign was was just completely tactical. There was no unit building at all. It was a heavy heavy RPG elements. And then the third one uh, went more back to um, RTS stuff. But like a lot of people, again, I don't really fully agree with that. But like um, for example, due to the layout of the multiplayer maps having three lanes, a lot of people said, "Oh, it's just a MOBA now." Yeah. Um, and that game was so unsuccessful that, like, I think two, three months after release, they said, like, "Hey, we unfortunately have to scrap our plans for post-launch release because the game didn't sell." Well, I mean, didn't I mean you, you probably you probably mentioned this as well, but like uh, that last Command and Conquer um, didn't didn't hit so well comparatively, right? Four. Yes, that was very yeah. controversial. Uh, Tiberian Twilight. Yeah. At least they they p- picked like a very appropriate name. No, sorry, not Twilight. Um, was it was it Tiberian Dawn? No, you're right. It's Tiberian t- Dawn. T- t- no, it's Tiberian Twilight. The last one was Dawn, right? Okay. Command and Conquer Four, Tiberian Twilight. Okay. With, with so yeah, um, the th- there they try to fix. So as I, I collect like some of the most common criticisms of the genre, and I think that game tried to fix some of those, because a lot of re- like things that people say, as Basti just mentioned, with like land parties, like um, games can either take very long, or they're just yeah. like they devolve into rushes. Um, they can be compared to you know some like a shooter, e- even though it's not turn-based, but like they're still kind of complex and intimidating at times. Um, they're of course poorly suited to consoles. Like there are very few successful RTS games. Um, Dude, one of the only RTS games I ever got into was was a console port. 
Um, was it Red Alert 3 on, on Xbox? It was later Red Alert 3, uh, but not that wasn't the one that made me get, like, because I, 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 I only did a brief dip. I did um, one of the Command & Conquers, uh, and then I didn't like it too much. I only played it a little bit on PC, and then I got I got the, uh, which, which Command & Conquer came out on 360? It was like uh, 3, I think, right? I think both three and Red Alert three. Yeah, yeah. So I started with three, and then I was like, "Well, this is fucking cool." Um, and then it was uh, Battle from Battle from Middle Earth. I got into that. True, those are brilliant. Yeah, and then and then it was Red Alert three, um, which had the co-op. I mean, so so it can be done. I, I mean, I, I I refuse to believe that there are PC only genres. Uh, no, can... it, it's not just that. I think it's a combination of several. Like there, there's um, another is, of course, that like RTS are, are in a way like they're unsuited to take, you know, to work within like the big trends of today. Those being yeah. you know, open worlds, yeah. persistence. Um, you know, RTS games traditionally have been mostly focused on being one v one. One, you like StarCraft esports, whereas stuff like Fortnite or or Minecraft, so a ton of people don't even play to win. Only like they just want to hang out with their friends and chat. Like you know, it's almost like a social space. Yeah. So like a lot of these stuff, RTS games are very unsuited to. Um, there maybe also a lot of them are poor spectator sports uh, compared to something like um, like a MOBA. Though I have to say, like um, StarCraft esports, like like with some of those Korean casters, so they can be extremely hype. Like if you see those yeah. those crazy good players who just you know like have like a hundred yeah. actions per per minute, them yeah, go at each mean, other with like that but, that but can be very it, hype to watch. It, it, yeah, <laughs> it can be very hype to watch twice, and then like you get to this point where it's like, all right, if you want to be successful at StarCraft, uh, you have to have your millisecond build orders. It's been cracked to death, and it's like ah, that guy just didn't hit the three key fast enough. He lost. Also, you have that thing that for, for mobile games, as an example, even if you don't understand the rules exactly, so even if you're not like super familiar with the game, you get this feeling of as a watcher's anticipation. Like, oh, this is something I, oh, they're going now through the jungle, he will uh, get attacked from the back, etc. But with high profile RTS StarCraft, if you're not really into that stuff and know exactly what they're yeah. currently doing, yeah. you're just watching this like, I have no idea what's going yeah, on. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's just stuff on the, on the screen. I, I would I would kind of disagree. Like um, in, in a previous job, we would sometimes uh, on weekends get together at my boss's place, you know, with, with a couple of snacks and stuff, and watch StarCraft esports. And like I didn't really know like any of the meta, at least, you know. I, yeah. I knew obviously the races. I recognized some of the units, but I didn't know any about the meta. Or so, but I think like the, the casters uh, still did a pretty good job. And like when you see stuff like uh, IEM Katowice or so, um, where it's like I don't exactly know what's going on, but man, this shit is hype. Yeah, he, well, but again, like that, like StarCraft really is the exception within that. You know, there was never see, really esports for for StarCraft. Sorry, there was no esports for Command Conquer, Age of Empires. Like the yeah. only ones that really were successful esports wise were StarCraft and Warcraft Three to a lesser degree. Warcraft Three yeah, was actually like more successful in the West, and StarCraft, yeah. of course, still to this day is you know, like the the esports religion of of South Korea. I mean, some some of that, like, and that that is pretty much pretty much the start of esports, right? We trace it back like esports as we know it. Pretty much, yeah. So, yeah, so you know, with with all of this in mind, like the question I sometimes uh, think to myself or wonder about, and I'm going to ask you guys in a second, yeah. is what could be the the Baldur's Gate moment of RTS games? Because you know, Baldur's Gate, like Baldur's the, the, RP, the RPG genre, was once in the space where people said, oh, it's too niche and it's too complicated and it takes too long. People didn't want to play it anymore. And then along came Bioware with with, Bald with the first Baldur's Gate. Mm -hmm. 
And compared to a lot of other RPG, ga RPG games, it was super comfortable to play. It was easy. It was snappy. It was beautiful. So you know, like I'm, I'm wondering while still having you know, like the, a lot of the depth that people expect. So I, I'm always wondering what could be you know that that moment, that game that you know brings brings that genre back to the forefront. Because up until uh, Baldur's Gate, there were a lot of RPG games still like Wizardry or so, um, but they were like you know that's like the really niche stuff. Even against even among the the nerds uh, playing PC games in late '90s, those were like the nerds that got beaten up the most in school. And then Baldur's Gate was like, hey, look, these this genre can be fun to play it can be very very pretty it can be cool what kind of school so did you go to hmm the german school uh so I you go you go basti you go so i think like it's really hard because i think that we had several ups and downs we had the absolute high peak with starcraft already and the the difference is that the genre evolved so much like in mobiles and several other genres you have strategy rts games which are more like heavily on the strategy side of uh you had in the last couple of years several very successful uh, Kickstarter games, which is also similar to the the, the rise back of like uh, CRPGs we had seen in the recent years. So there are still people playing um, strategy games, but I think a classic RTS will never become mainstream or so big again that we see like big AAA games. Uh, That's impossible. Also, you have with the modern landscape. Uh, RTS, classic RTS games really poorly adapt to free-to-play models. As an example, they're really, really hard to put into a games-as-a-service model. Post-launch content is re really rough if you have not just like classic expansions, etc. Strategy games are suit way yeah. better than RTS games, so there are too many hurdles to, to have it like a big it's, mainstream it's, it's, success. They're all very good points you're making. Um, a lot of them I definitely agree with. Interesting enough, so StarCraft uh, 2 these days, the multiplayer is free-to-play. Like, you can download StarCraft 2, um, you can play the first campaign, have three, you know, three campaigns. The first one is all free. The other ones you would have to buy as campaign expansions, but, like, the multiplayer, all of that is free-to-play, and they monetize it via, um, like, essentially, like, a battle pass, like, you know, like Dota, or um, stuff like you can buy different announcer packs and stuff as, as microtransactions. But uh, that that is free-to-play. But, yeah, of course, you know, like, that is an exception because it was a game, like, with production values that were not made for free-to-play that was made... Yeah. They probably made all of their money back a long time ago via a sixty dollar, you know, main game, and now they just keep going or maintaining the game by via free to play. So that is much easier, of course, than from the get go trying to do that. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I agree with most of what you said. I don't, I don't ever underestimate people's ability to fucking monetize something. Like, I doubt that there's any businessman out there that's just like, yeah, this popular thing, but it's so hard to charge for. Like, they'll fucking find a way. Uh, I'm not. I'm not worried about that. But I do agree that like, like the the thing that gets big nowadays isn't going to be enough like an RTS for people to even call it that. And it's definitely not in in a in a triple A or or whatever. God, I hate that term, but we'll discuss that at another time. Um, it's not in a big budget game blockbuster sort of thing. And then, you know, people are still trying. Like Halo Wars Two is not old, right? Like when did uh, Halo Wars Two came out in? March 2017. Yeah, so it's not it's February not 2017. Like, actually. like people are still are still trying to make these things, and I just don't. Uh, but I but I don't see it blowing the doors off in a way where genres come back. I mean, they they still don't like like anywhere. Um, I mean, what was it like? Like Persona 5 came out, big big kind of JRPG. They they there's still an audience for them, but they're not like they're not they're not moving consoles off your shelves i think that stuff no. has to evolve what you would use like it, it, assassin's creed or call of duty yeah and, and that'll that'll change too but i mean like they they first of all they can't because 
the the kind of groundswell of of hype that you would almost expect to to get that stuff going is is uh in the the price to pay for that among that audience is too high like you can't you can't change enough you can't uh, get out of something that is very recognizable without having everybody. Well, my cousin plays a lot of the real-time strategies, and he says it's not that. It's not what it is. It's a baby game, you know. Like you gotta, you gotta. I hate your cousin. I, my, yeah, my cousin sucks. But um, you gotta like, you gotta fight that. I, I don't, I don't think you get that. I don't think there's a lot of companies that'll do that. What, what you'll probably see is, is a lot of the cooler, um, mid stuff blow up. Like you'll see, like, uh, like Mountain Blade. You'll see that. Some, somebody's going to take Mountain Blade and slather about eight coats of, of epic or EA level production value on it and, and do gangbusters with something like that. Yeah. Um, or you'll, you'll see somebody do, yeah, like Dawn of War has found, has found success where it's, it's a little more, um, it's got its RTS elements, but it lets you do your other stuff. So, so no, I don't, I don't know that you see, but you know, Hey, watch, I mean, I'm going to say this and then, and then age of empires four is going to come out and everybody's going to like switch over from Fortnite to play that. And, uh, I mean, so, so that is, that is the question, right? Like, so uh, like I, I, I asked you guys, so what could be the, the Baldur's Gate moment? Like as in changing stuff, like making it accessible, making it cool, suddenly the genre, or can the counterpoint actually be, you know, is, is something like age of empires four, could that be, like you know, like a Dark Souls, like a thing that is very consciously, very actively, like we don't care about modern trends. You know, this is this is how how yeah, stuff used to be. No, I don't know. No, I, I mean, because like, like has the... has it been long enough after after almost fifteen years or so, or like at least ten years to say you know yeah. now it's time for people and there's probably enough people at this point because if if you look at like some of the the remaster stuff or so like Age of Empires HD edition that has sold a few million copies on Steam. Yeah. No, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that that's the attitude that that uh, that's going to get you there. Uh, I was thinking about that during this episode, like if that's what it takes. But the the thing that people don't give from enough credit for is, isn't just saying "Yo, fuck you, play this hard game." It's also very clear with its fan base. "Yo, fuck you, we'll do what we want." You know. So when when you know Sekiro first was was getting you know uh, detailed, people were like, "Wait, no fucking co-op, no uh, builds, no magic. This isn't a fucking true Souls experience," you know. And they were like, "Yeah, um, buy it or fuck off." Like they they don't care. And I I don't think the attitude of like of like, well, this is how this is this you know you know that old uh, that the very nineties thing of like this ain't your mom's RTS. Like they're very much like. This is this is your your mom's RTS. Like this is what we used to do back in the day. Um, I, there's a reason that genres move on. There's a reason that gameplay mechanics move on. And if they I don't, agree. if they don't, then you're yeah, you'll have that audience and you'll have that you'll you'll read about it online. Oh, it's back! It's finally fucking back. And Age of Empires will sell pretty well, but the the next company isn't gonna put out a ARTS or like the it's not going to be like like uh, FF7 on the PlayStation just introducing JRPGs or like everybody has to make this sort of game. That's just my take on it. But I also really want to also um, put out that I've played next to none of these games, so I probably don't Maybe know what I'm talking about. Starcraft was the Baldur's Gate moment already. Yeah, fuck, man. Starcraft 2 got a lot of hype on it. It, it got a lot of hype, and it was like it, it was the last the last major releases where were the StarCraft 2 uh, games. I think probably some of that was also diminished in a way by the game being split up into three releases. Yeah, that was... Because I remember, weird. like, Wings of Liberty was the thing, 
like yeah. you know back for, for pc gaming that was the highlight that everybody was talking about yeah whereas personally i have to i had to look up when legacy of the world came out because i couldn't quite remember the year it's yeah um, it's forever uh, the other thing is so so so, like, so we, we talk about age of empires 4 because again there is not much else to talk about right now in the in the terms of the known future of the genre everything else is hypothetical iron we harvest course, you know we can of course wonder about if if command and conquer remaster sells a ton of money and it, it and this is another funny thing like if if two years ago if you had asked anybody on this world on this planet say hey who do you think is going to put like a ton of love and effort and care and attention into their rts remaster package and who's just going to phone it in between ea and, and blizzard you know it's yeah. i don't think anybody would have said ea is going to put in a ton of effort but like looking at all the stuff like all the bonus content like that really seems like a labor of love at a very oh, yeah. nice price also Wait, what about uh what about iron harvest that pasty just said um that gets a lot of fanfare right now and i mean this is like uh revive the company of uh, heroes uh, kind of like rts style of games I'm really definitely, looking forward to i, I think one. i think it's definitely going to be popular with, with your know, people who love the command co- a company of heroes it's also one of those games where i see um i see a lot of coverage here in germany uh, obviously, it's it's a, it's a German developer, and that's a sign I that it's see... never going to take on anywhere else. No, I see I see a, a lot of like very positive stuff, you know, from from packs or so, from you know, strategy blocks or PC gaming. But like I've I, I've never seen anybody really talk about uh, uh, Iron Harvest on your know, like the, the 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 big multi platform websites. Do you think there's I, like I've, I've seen more people talk about like the art because uh, yeah, I, I can't remember cool. the, the guy's name. Um, before the game was even announced, than than the game itself. I, I still think, you know, again, obviously one of the advantages being it's from a small team in Germany, so I think they're definitely going to make you know enough bank that the game is a success for them because it looks cool. The people, again, the target audience for that kind of game, as Basti mentioned, like the people, there's no new com- company of heroes coming out, so I think those people are probably going to love the game. Uh, like the, the the style is very cool, but I I don't think that it, it would be the kind of game you know to really reignite the genre. Um, yeah, one last thing on on the Age of Empires forefront that we have to consider, um, apart from the fact uh, I, I just the other day I got nostalgic, and when I thought about doing this topic on a podcast, so I looked at um, uh, the trailer. I have to say, first of all, it, it has fantastic graphics. Like, holy shit! You know, we usually talk about like open world games and shooters, but like the the the, the strategy uh, graphics have come a long way. There's a ton well, of detail. They always look pretty good. But the good. other thing is. Um, that could be a factor in its success or not, because of course, Age of Empires Four is going to be day one on Basti. Xbox Game Pass. Wow. So yeah, so you will uh, of course. We are not getting uh, on, fucking on, on paid PC, for this. <laughs> on PC, especially, you will you will have like instantly uh, a potential audience of a couple million people. You guys Many better may have never played tell me Empires if we're game. getting paid for this. Are we getting paid for this? I would love to get paid for this. Pay me for this, please. Hey, we're not getting paid for this. Yo, you think, Phil, uh, don't tell them. You think Phil, there's get, like my my DMs are open? Get in th- contact with me on Twitter. You think somewhere there's like uh like some kind of community manager like pouring over the like lines and graphs late at night, and then he's like, oh my god, and he like he's running down the hall and like papers are trailing by him. He's like, everyone gather around. Oh my god, guys, uh, we got a real problem. And they're like, what is it? And he's like, the Germans really like it. And they're like, holy <laughs> shit. Oh no. <laughs> Oh no! We'll never. That means we're not going to have any kind of mass appeal. Somebody get some anime in there. We got to do. We got to do something. If the Germans like it, it's just yo, dude. Fuck, 
Fuck those anime customization items in Warzone and fuck those packs. Like, no, this is Senpai pack. Fuck off. Dude, what? What? Is this something? I just, like just want to have like a serious firefight in Verdansk where I run around as a person with a skull mask. Wait, hold up a minute. Is there like anime stuff in Warzone? Are you kidding me? There, there, there is like if you go to a shop, which you can check out in the shop, there is a pack that's called Notice Me Senpai Pack Two. No. I think it's just like stuff like calling cards and avatars. So it's not, it's not you know in-game okay. characters. Soul. But there are there are very weebish customization items for for Modern Warfare and Warzone. Yes. Beautiful. That's the, see, senpai. that's the future. Okay. You don't see no fucking Notice Me Senpai in, in uh, Age of Empires. In Age of Empires Four. Okay. Just embrace tomorrow. So do you think um, do you think that something like the the Command Conquer uh, Remaster Collection is going to sell enough to a point where where EA may say, hey, maybe you know it, it's not going to get the budget of a Battlefield, obviously, but there could be a future for this franchise with a new game, uh, maybe. Yeah. with a new yeah. non non free to play non mobile game. Does, obviously that it, it's how, also... how good has EA gotten at putting out uh, mid budget games? Is that something? Oh, you think yes. they, is that something you think they can do? To be honest, like maybe maybe EA is ready for a change. I don't know. Maybe like from from the times when they had a lot of like middle budget and a very broad ah. portfolio. The fuck. Everything's fine here. Trim, trim down their portfolio in the last couple of years significantly. Maybe there's 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 uh, now the, the perfect time. Maybe with the new construct generation and a push for the industry next year, maybe they will surprise us all. Come with a big announcement for a new, completely batched, crazy AAA Command & Conquer game. You never know. Everyone in the game is Kane. Kane, yeah. I mean, what Kane I would Battle Royale. What I could definitely see, of course, if those are successful, just like Microsoft is doing with Age of Empires, that they do additional remasters of more Command & Conquer games. Or I mean, even... And that, and that, you know, that was like one of the weird things. So when, when Microsoft put out... and like Because Ensemble was disassembled, this ensemble. Ensemble. Man, that was a good one. I'm clever. You're really leaning um, into the pronunciation on that. Thank you, thank you. I do my best. I do my best with with the shitty material that I give myself. Um, what what happened with with Age of Empires too? So you know, they had like a, a community mod team essentially that became a a, a company, um, put out the HD version of Age of Empires two, and then that HD version got two more expansion packs um, that came out like 15 years after after the game itself shipped. That's kind of fucking. So cool. like they did the thing like, hey, we we did the math. Obviously these um, these remasters sold a couple million units. Um, so there's a big enough audience for a small mod team to just, you know, keep making content for those. So that is that could, of course, also be something where, where EA says, hey, if if people are crazy about playing uh, Red Alert 1 again with, with s- s- nicer graphics, just make a new expansion just, pack. Just get the team who creates all the Sims 4 packs and let them make uh, Command & Conquer packs. That's kind of cool. IKEA tanks. With Joe Kukin holding them at gunpoint. A hundred Joe Kukins jump out of a plane. Saying zoom I'd zoom. I'd be up for that. So yeah, I guess uh, I guess that is, we we don't have a any any smart resolutions for I mean, for just, yeah. RTS, I mean, what is it like? Um, it's like you just have to yeah. It, it, if we had those kind of ideas, we'd be paid, son. You should just put that. You should just put that in the liner notes, like projectile lunch cast. Look, we don't have any answers. Yeah, I mean, I really wish somebody would pay me for working on a PC strategy game. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, then so, you would know what you were talking about, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. But as it stands, the fuck do I know? Seriously. So yeah, um, I guess we will all 
Um, keep an eye out of, on the success of the Command and Conquer remaster packages coming out June fifth on Steam, notably as well, not maybe, just Origin. Maybe our listeners who who grew up on these things could let us know what they think would make these things mainstream again. True, we definitely love to hear that. I mean, you know, it's it's always hard to to get numbers out of companies like EA, but at least on Steam with Steam Spy, we have some idea. And I think, though, the, the Command and Conquer, like that collection. Uh, if it you know if it doesn't have any major tech issues, like like certain other reforged games, um, that's gonna sell like 1.5 million copies by the end of the year on Steam at least. That is my guess. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, sure. Okay, okay. that's uh, you, you, I I I have no idea, but um, that I will stand by your prediction. Excellent. That Wolf is that is exactly. Fall. That is exactly what I expect from you, having seen you play or try to play Sea of Thieves. So anyways, um, that was a, a, a fun episode, even though, unfortunately, Richard has failed yet again to save a genre that's near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Just uh, like he did with the, with the Tris Marigold dating simulator genre. I mean, it's important for you to know that I don't care about what you like. Huh. That's Thanks. That's that's that, me, that means a lot to me. That's nice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll keep our eyes uh, open, hopefully, for more news on uh, Age of Empires 4. And I guess until then, we'll just keep playing the the beta for Age of Empires 3 Definitive Edition. Um, as usual, Richard, if people want to, you know, I, I don't even know what people would ask you. Certainly not about tips how to sail a fucking ship in Sea of Thieves, because you got no, don't know that. But if people wanted to talk to you on Twitter, how would they do this? Um, first of all, this uh, bizarre... No, please answer the question. Bizarre, please sit down on a guest couch and answer the question, bizarre sir. bizarre obsession with your inability to play Sea of Thieves and your inability to blame it on other people is pathetic. And uh, we'll be gathering evidence on, on your performance the next time we play. So um, I, I'm not sure why you're obsessed with that, but uh, perhaps the, the audience can hit me up, as usual, at my normal fucking Twitter account, uh, at Command and Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Uh, you know the drill. You come you, you come, and we we go into uh, video game forums discussing games and we confuse them with other games with similar titles. So if somebody likes Command and Conquer, you'd be like, yeah, there's a giant piece of poop that sings opera. It's great. Did you know that there's a pretty cool um, Conquer like customization kit that you can put on your ship in Sea of Thieves? Also for Banjo and Kazooie, Cameo, and even for Perfect Dark. Are we getting fucking paid for this? I just set that as an information point. Yeah, I'm just saying you have to stop shit. Okay, busty, busty, busty. We're not getting paid. We're not even getting a fucking paycheck out of this. You sound like you sound like Phil I'm just, Spector I'm just, is giving I'm just us like, checks. No, I'm just like a naturally born Schiller. <laughs> That's the truth. I've never seen that movie. Busty, if people want to talk to you about you know uh, your your memories. Of- of Age of Empires land parties that took several weeks nonstop, with nobody allowed to leave until that that castle was conquered. Where could they do that? Oh, uh, totally on uh, Twitter at Bastian Thun, T H U N. Also, if you have any obnoxious, weird, or never heard about RTS games from the late '90s, share them with me. And as always, if you want to send us an email, if you want to encourage us to uh, live stream Richard's future misdeeds in Sea of Thieves, for example, you can do so via email at projectorlunchcast at gmail.com. And as always, if you want to talk to me, if you want to you know, like express how sorry you feel for me for, for having to put up with Richard's bullshit every week, you can do so on Twitter at com underscore Raven. Hey, dude, have a look um, at Marcel's Twitter and you will feel sorry for him. 
So there is that. So anyways, thanks to your audience. Uh, we hope you are still all safe and healthy. Please continue being, stay, uh, being safe and healthy and at home. Uh, we'll hear you next week. And hopefully in the future, there will be a, a computer robotic voice as saying, um, welcome back, Commander. Uh, I got to put that in there, don't I? Ideally. Um. We be old school. Yeah, old school. We be old school. Yeah, old school. Been getting that money for a girl sweet as honey. Got me some roses and a little bling. I knocked on her door, she said, what you waiting for?